I have a vivid memory of when I was in first grade and my family and I lived in Decatur, Illinois, and I was a student at Our Lady of Lords Catholic School. And this very strong memory that I have, I think I've heard the story so many times that I think I also see it from different perspectives. And the memory is sitting on my bicycle in our garage uh, right after eating lunch. Now this is how antiquated the story is. This is back in that magical time known as the 80s when kids were still allowed to just ride their bike to and from school. And at that time, Our Lady of Lords let little guys ride their bikes home for lunch. And then, of course, you had to return after lunch. Well, I was of the type that, you know, I didn't really want to leave home. I liked being at home with my mom, with my brothers, my sister, and I didn't really want to go back. And so this memory is me sitting there on my bike after lunch all by myself, right? Because I had to go back to school. Now, I would have been very happy to just stay within the comfort of my home. In fact, that's all I really wanted. And I didn't understand how my mother could be so cruel as to make me go back to school. Now, I will say, Our Lady of Lourdes is a wonderful Catholic school, like so many across the country. It's not as though there was anything particular, particularly wrong with it, but I wanted to stay home. And my mother, you know, and you would think, wow, you know, what a tyrant to make this first grader go back to school. How difficult, how heartless. Well, she was loving me. And as hard as that love was, I think this is why I have another image that's come into my mind that's also burned there, is she tells this story from her perspective of me in the garage, sitting on the bike, not wanting to leave, but keeping the door cracked ever so slightly, watching. Now, in my first grade mind, I was convinced the door was shut, she was heartless, I had to go back to school. But she said it was one of the most difficult things she ever had to do because she's a loving mother. She would have been happy, of course, for me to just stay with her, but it wouldn't have been in my best interest. I mean, what if she had just let me stay home? And I really hadn't just gone ahead and finished the first grade. We didn't have live streaming back then. You know, remote, remote learning was a distant thing of the future, the stuff of Star Trek, and here we are in the year 2020, and we can actually do this. That wasn't an option then. I was on my bike. I had to go back to school to keep on learning. And she said that, you know, she watched through that crack in the door, and it was a hard, hard thing for her to do, but I needed to go back to school. I had to make that sacrifice, and I don't mean to spoil the end of the story, but I did end up going. I did end up completing the first grade and all of the subsequent grades that eventually led to me being ordained a priest. So here I am. It's all legitimate. But I bring that up just because of the fact of and sometimes we have to take that next step ahead. And it may be a scary step. It may be a step that involves sacrifice, one in which we don't necessarily want to do it, right? We don't want to let go of the comfort that we have, to let go of the safety that we have and take the next step into the unknown. But the good news for us is, is that our Lord is there. As we, say, as we all said together in the Responsorial Psalm, O Lord my God, in you I take refuge. Our Lord calls us on to the next step, whatever it might be, to continue to grow. 
And a couple of beautiful things about this is our Lord doesn't ask us to do things that he's not willing to do himself. Read St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, beginning at verse 6, that though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, becoming one of us, becoming human, laying down his life, even to the point of death, death on a cross. He could have just grasped his uh, divinity. He could have just stayed in heaven, but no. He took the next step. He went into the midst of the crowds, as we see today, and they're ready to you know, arrest him. We know that we're getting closer and closer to the Triduum. We know that Good Friday is on the horizon. Does Jesus just stay on his bike in the garage and not go back? No. He keeps putting himself in harm's way, right? Even to the point of you look at the crowds around him, specifically the Pharisees, who make these comments about, you know, none of the Pharisees have believed in him, until, of course, one of the Pharisees, Nicodemus, questions their whole line of reasoning. Do they respond to that? No. Instead, you get sort of this ad hominem attack. You're not from Galilee also, are you? Or not from Galilee also, are you? You know, they don't even respond to Nicodemus's question. And we know that in the world, so full of challenges to our faith, uh, you know, right now, in the midst of all of this uncertainty, this difficulty, this needing to sort of ration, you know, the way in which we approach medical practice, there are states saying that abortion must be kept going, right? It has to. And everybody thinks this is the case. Well, I don't think it's the case. Many don't think it's the case. No, it's so important. You know, we have to continue to stand up for the truth. We have to continue to live our faith, to take the next step into, yes, what appears to be unsafety and the unknown, but to continue to bear the light of truth. And the great news is, is that our Lord has gone before us. He is our refuge. He is the Lamb of God. And I would say on this Saturday morning, a good person to look for help to, of course, as you know, is our Blessed Mother. Think about the apparitions at Fatima just over a hundred years ago. You know, as things were, let's just say, falling apart around the world. I mean, World War I was going on. We were right on the doorstep of the big Spanish flu epidemic. What did Mary say to the three shepherd children? She didn't tell them, guys, stay home, sleep in, make sure you're comfortable, and, you know, eat plenty of dessert. No. She told them, pray the rosary every day. Make sacrifices for poor sinners. I mean, lay down your lives in so many ways. I think we're called to exactly the same thing. At this time, with uncertainty, with unsafety in front of us, as we know that there's all sorts of challenges around, we can't sit on our bikes in the garage. We know that our Blessed Mother, it's not as though she's sending us out there, you know, to just, I don't know, fall into some oblivion that's not going to help. No. She wants us to do what? To become saints and to bring others along as well, knowing full well that her son has gone before us, that her son laid down his life, even in the midst of this, I guess for lack of a better term, gossip, you know, of you know, untruth, of calumny that you see from the Pharisees. Whatever the challenges may have been, our Lord pressed on ahead, right? All the way to dying for us on the cross. And he told each and every one of us, 
unless you deny yourself and take up your cross daily, you cannot be my disciple. Our Blessed Mother reminds us of that at the apparitions of Fatima, reminding us to do what? To pray the rosary every day. What does that do? That links us up with the love of her Son. We can take the mysteries of our own life, whatever those mysteries might be right now. Everything has very much changed in the last two weeks. I think it was two weeks ago this evening that here in North Carolina we got the new orders about no big public gatherings. It's a two, uh, two weeks ago tomorrow that will be the first time that we've had masses here without a big public congregation. It's strange. It feels unsafe. It feels strange and weird. And what do we do next? We keep moving forward. Of course, observing common sense. We know about social distancing. We do what we're supposed to do. But trusting all the while that our Lord has gone before us. Trusting all the while that even as we find ourselves each going to our own home, that we are not divided. We are united by the mysteries of the Holy Rosary, held together by that chain. Remember, of course, too, the fifth luminous mystery, the institution of the Holy Eucharist, which continues to be offered every single day, right here at Sacred Heart and at Catholic churches and rectories all over the world, by myself and my brother priests, in union with Jesus Christ. It's not any of us individually. It's knowing that we too are united with him who went before us. Didn't matter to him what the difficulties, what the danger was. He stepped on ahead. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, we may feel as though we're sitting on the bike in the garage. We don't want to take that first step, right? To start moving again. But our Blessed Mother is right there behind us, encouraging us on encouraging us on to our sanctity, to take the next step, to not be afraid, whatever that might mean, in prayer, in sacrifice, in striving for the conversion of the whole world to remind everyone that we have a Savior who has gone before us, who has laid down His life for us. Don't forget that. Don't forget that regardless of what the circumstances may be. Whether things are very difficult or whether it's just too darn comfortable on the recliner, in the heart of it all is the knowledge that He is Emmanuel, God with us. Let's ask our Blessed Mother's help for the strength, for the gift to keep remembering that, to keep taking whatever the next step may be and growing in our love of Him and helping others to grow in that love as well. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.